you have a copy of the Word of God tonight and want to turn with us, we'll be in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 14. Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 14. Try to read a few verses here and ask the Lord to help us. Certainly desire your prayers for this service and for this hour. Trust that the Lord will help us together. I'm grateful to be able to be here and glad to see each one of you here. Thank the Lord for the privilege. Matthew chapter 14, when you found your place, if you're able and will to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. It'll be very familiar scripture, no doubt that I'll read into your hearing. I'll begin reading in verse number 22 of Matthew chapter number 14. The Bible says, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. When the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou... Bid me come unto thee on the water. He said, Come. When Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, Wherefore didst thou doubt? When they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now, we read these verses here in Matthew chapter 14. And uh, the first verse that we read tonight says that Jesus constrained His disciples to get into a ship and to go before Him unto the other side while He sent the multitudes away. What had happened in the verses before the verse that we read tonight had picked up in, He had fed the 5,000. And so there were at least 5,000 men besides the women and the children. This great multitude had followed him and were following him and the Lord instructs the disciples. The word constrain is really a strong word. It almost means that he picked them up and put them in the boat. It was the will of God for them to get in the boat and to go across toward the other side. The Bible said that when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to a mountain apart to pray. Now we know the scriptures say here, and when the evening was come, 
We understand in reading the Gospels, of course, that every Gospel adds a little bit more or looks at the miracles of Christ or the works that he did while he was on the earth, a little different from the viewpoints of each of the human penmen, but we understand that the disciples come to the Lord and tell him that it's the evening is drawing nigh when the, when the multitudes were hungry and they didn't have anything to eat and so the time was coming to a close or the sun was beginning to set and they needed to be sent away is what the disciples said so they could find something to eat before the night fell. And of course the Lord then instructed them to feed them and the lad was there with the five barley loaves and the two small fishes and all that came to pass and now the Lord has sent them away and, and the night has fallen, the evening has come. It has begun to be dark and he's still on the mountain praying alone and they are in the sea and now the Bible said that they are tossed with waves for the wind was contrary unto them. The storm has come in the ship on the sea in this experience by the disciples. Uh, now this is not the only gospel that will record what happens here. Mark uh, chapter 6 and John chapter 6 will also uh, record these events. But this is the only gospel in uh, Matthew chapter 14 where uh, it is recorded that Peter walks to the Lord or begins to walk uh, to the Lord on the water. And the Bible said that Jesus begins to come to them in the fourth watch of the night, which by the way is the darkest point. It is the hour between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. and it's always darkest before the sun rises and that's when the Lord chooses to come where they are. So they've spent all this time from the time the evening came, the time the sun began to go down until now the darkest hour. They have been in the storm, rolling with everything in them. One of the gospel said they were tolling and rowing. And the Lord comes walking on the sea. And they're afraid. They have spent this much time apart from Him. They don't really know where He's at, what He's doing. They don't understand why uh, that He would instruct them to get in the boat and to go uh, to the other side and in their obedience why that the storm would come and those storms are the most difficult for us to endure and us to get our minds around uh, when we feel like we're doing, not that we're perfect uh, but we're doing everything in our capability to be obedient under uh, the leadership the best of our ability of the leader of the Lord of God and we're doing everything we know to do everything he instructs us to do and yet the storm comes anyway those are the hard storms to understand it's not too hard when we look back at our life and realize we've made mistakes or we've caused the storm in our own life but when we're doing everything we know to do and the storm still comes those are the hard ones to understand and they're trying to figure all this out. He told us, uh, no doubt if I know them like I know myself, uh, they're probably in the boat talking amongst themselves uh, trying to figure out why uh, this storm's come. They're probably saying uh, something like this. He told us uh, to get in the boat. He told us where to go. We did what he said to do. We are doing what he said to do. Why is the storm here? Why are we struggling so? Why is he not here? Uh, where is he at? Has he abandoned us? As he left us. And the Bible said he comes to them walking on the water. 
and they're afraid. They are so wrapped up in their storm. They are so caught off guard by all the things and the circumstances and the situations that are going on around them that they don't even know that it is the Lord in the darkness of the hour. They don't know who He is and they are afraid. And the Bible said they thought it was the Spirit and they cried out. He said, it's I. Be of good cheer. Be not afraid. And Peter makes this statement. He said, Lord, if it be thou, if it really is you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. That's all he says. He doesn't say, now Peter, you know it's me. Now, Peter, you don't have any business asking that or questioning who I am. He just says, Come. And the Bible said when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now here's a man. Now we understand that Jesus is the God man. He created the water and he has no trouble walking on the water. But here is a, a man a faulty man, a failure of a man, a a man who more than once already and will in the days to come will speak out of turn, will do things and say things that he ought not do, but yet in this instance he is walking on the water to go to Jesus. And we're highly critical of Peter. And I say we, myself included, many times I've read this scripture and thought, why did Peter begin to sink? Why did Peter take his eyes off the Lord? But the reality is, Peter was the only one that got out of the boat. And I often wonder if I'd been there, would I have been the one that would have got out of the boat? But here's what the scriptures say, and here's where my heart is tonight. If the Lord will help us for just a few minutes. And the Lord answered Peter in verse 29 and said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And verse number 30 says, But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. I want to preach tonight and ask you the question the Lord's been dealing my heart since last night with this on, do you feel like you're sinking? Do you feel like you're sinking? Doing everything you know to do. Doing your best. Peter has been obedient not only to get in the boat with everybody else, but Peter has taken the extra step that all the others have not taken and doing his best to follow the leadership and the direction of God to try to go in His direction to try to get closer to Him. And He is doing all of this, not bragging on Peter. He's just obeying and following the command of the Lord and has a, a desire, a great desire to go to where the Lord is. And maybe that's you in your life. God's been dealing with you and working on you. and You've been trying your best to go closer to Him and go in His direction and, and draw nigh to Him. But the circumstances and the situations of your life have you feel like you're sinking? Do you feel that way tonight? Do you feel like you're sinking?
Now there's nothing really to criticize Peter about. We could criticize the fact that he took his eyes off the Lord and I understand there's a lot to be preached there probably, but there really the reality is Peter's trying. Peter's doing everything he knows to do and he's doing his best and we know at our best that we're just frail and we're faulty and we're flesh and we're going to have days that we're weak and Peter encounters this weak point but thank God that there was somebody there to help him when he began to sink. I'm telling you tonight there's someone there to help you. There's all kinds of reasons we could look and I, I believe we ought to stay in this uh, scripture tonight, in this record, in this story and just look at what the Bible says and maybe some things that uh, the Lord has dealt with my heart about. But there's plenty of reasons in your life just like there was in Peter's life why he uh, began to sink, why he felt like he was going under. I don't know uh, the Bible. It's not very clear. It just says he began to sink. I don't know how fast he was going down. I don't know how far he went down. I don't know if the water come up to his knees or up to his waist or maybe even up. I don't know how far he went. I don't know how fast he went down. But I know he had enough time to realize what was going on and he had enough time to cry out for help and the Lord helped him. You may be here tonight and you may feel like you're sinking. Maybe you feel like you're sinking because of what you're seeing. That's what happened to Peter. The Bible said the first thing is he saw, he saw the wind boisterous. And so it was because of what he was seeing all around him that made him feel like he was sinking. Now we know that he didn't just feel like he was sinking, he was sinking. The Bible said he began to sink. And I've read this and studied and tried to pray and I'm not trying to add anything to the Word of God, but I'm almost inclined to believe that Peter didn't go very far, but it just caught Peter's attention. Some fear. The Bible said he was afraid. Fear rose up in him and he cried out. Thank God he knew the one to cry to. I don't know how far that he had left from the boat. I don't know how far that Jesus still was from him, but thank God he was close enough that the Lord could reach out immediately, the Bible said, and he took him. But if we're not careful in these days because of all the things that we see, it'll make us feel like we're sinking. We'll get that feeling on the inside. We'll begin to feel of the waters of life rise up around us and we'll get in turmoil and we'll get in trouble. If we're not careful, we'll get our eyes on all the things that are going on around us and all the trouble and all the turmoil in these perilous times that we're living in and all the wickedness that's going on around us and all that our nation's doing and all the things that are going on in the world. And I'm not talking about living with your head in the sun. But if you get to focusing on all of that, it'll cause your eyes, your focus, to shift off of Him and on all the trouble. And maybe even in your own life, it feels like everything around you is falling apart. And that's all you see is how much trouble you're in and how bad the situation is and how hard the wind's blowing and how big the waves are rolling. It'll make you feel like you're sinking. 
You feel like you're sinking tonight because of what you see. I wonder tonight if you feel like you're sinking because of what you feel. And I'm not going to be very long. I just got two more and I'm done. Two more counting this one. Do you feel like you're sinking because of how you feel? The Bible said he saw the wind boisterous, but then he was afraid. That feeling rose up in him. And he felt afraid. Just a little while ago, he had boldness. And that boldness did not come from him. That boldness came from the Lord. And as long as he kept his eyes on him, as long as his focus was right, as long as his feeling was right, that he wanted, and it ain't all about feeling. You better beware about your feelings. They're very deceptive. And the Bible said that when he saw, went because of what he saw, he began to sink. And then because of what he felt, he, began, he felt afraid. But the Lord hadn't went anywhere. The Lord was still there, the same one that told him to get in the boat in the first place, the same one that told him to go across to the other side, the same one that told him to come down out of the boat, the same one that told him that he could walk on the water, the same one that gave him the ability and the power to walk on the water and rise above it all and to draw nigh to him to come closer than anybody else was at that time was still right there with him. But Peter felt like he was sinking because of how he felt. Sometimes in our life we'll have that same feeling that Peter had in verse number 30 and we'll be afraid. And those feelings, that feeling of fear when the winds are blowing and the waves are crashing. The Bible said here in the Scripture that the, the, the wind was tossing the sea. The waves were tossing the sea. The wind was contouring everything around Peter. He could feel the wind and he could feel the waves no doubt under his feet. and He could know what he was in. He, he was a fisherman by trade. He knew the ability of the sea to sink a man and, and to drown a man. And Peter got afraid because of how he felt. If we're not careful, we'll get afraid. And that feeling of fear will cause us to feel like we're sinking. Now I wonder, and I'm not trying to add anything to the Word of God, but this is how the Lord dealt with my heart. I wonder if Peter felt forsaken. I wonder if Peter looked around and realized he was the only one. All the other 11 were still on the boat. Now the Lord was out there, but I... Feelings sometimes are real good at at casting a shadow on Him, a shadow of doubt, a a shadow of doom and gloom, and we can't see Him. We lose focus of Him. And Peter might have felt forsaken. There he is. I don't know. I said already how far from the boat, but he felt like he was too far to get back to the boat and too far to get to where the Lord was. He's sinking where he's at, and he doesn't know what to do, and he's so afraid, and he feels so forsaken. Peter's not the only one in the Word of God that ever had and ever would feel forsaken. And it still goes on in our day to day. There are times that you and I in the flesh, we feel forsaken. And we feel abandoned. Elijah said over yonder, he sat down under the juniper tree and he wished to die. He said, I'm the only one. Everybody else has forsaken you. Everybody else has turned away and I'm trying my best, but you've forsaken me. Jeremiah said, Lord, you've deceived me. You've forsaken me. You've not led me right. He said, I'm done. I'm closing the book. I'm not preaching anymore. I can't do it anymore. We all have days that we feel like we've been forsaken. 
There'll be some days it won't be so much that we feel forsaken by the Lord and those days are there. Some days we feel forsaken by our family. We feel forsaken by our friends. Like we're, I thought about Peter. I mean, he's doing everything he knows to do. He just wants to go where the Lord is. He wants to experience his presence again. They've been apart. He wants that nearness, that closeness. And he looks around and he realizes he's the only one and he feels so forsaken. It makes him feel like he's sinking. We've got to be careful sometimes about how we feel. But then I thought, and I'm done tonight, and I hope maybe you got something out of it or it spoke to your heart in some way. But I thought about I wonder if it's because of what he heard. Now, specifically here in the Word of God, it tells us what he saw, and it tells us how he felt. It does not specifically tell us what he heard. But it does tell us that the ship was tossed with waves and the wind was contrary. There's a a verse in the book of Jeremiah, I think it is, that talks about the noise of many waters. And I thought about when Peter realizes what's happening to him. All he can hear is the sound of the waves and the howling of the wind. And maybe, now I'm not trying to add to the Scripture, and I'm not trying to get too far out there, but the reality is what Peter was hearing was doubt. That voice in his mind that speaks to us sometimes probably said something like this, you knew better than to ever got out of the boat. Why are you here? Why did you speak up? Why did you ask to go to the Lord? Why did you have to be the one to take the step out of the boat? Why did you have to be the one to want it? Why do you leave the boat? Why did you come out here? Why are you here? That voice of doubt. And if you're not careful, that's what you'll hear. Why are you where you are? Why are you trying to do this way? Why are you trying to live so right? Why are you trying to sell out? Why are you trying to draw nigh? Why are you doing this? Why are you going through? I thought about Peter's mind, the doubts in Peter's mind probably said, now, why are you sinking? If he really is the Lord and he's walking on the water and he told you how to walk on the water and he put you in the boat and he sent you toward the other side, why are you in the shape you're in? I've had plenty of those times. Plenty of times in your life, no doubt, voice of doubt in your mind has said, if the Lord really loves you, why are you where you are? Why are you going through what you're going through? Why are you enduring what you're enduring? And those voices, that voice of doubt, will make you feel like you're sinking. But then I thought about, and I I think I'm done tonight, But I thought about just taking the Scripture for what it tells us about the disciples on other occasions. How that oftentimes the disciples were very critical. They were critical of that woman that brought that alabaster box and they said what now? One of the Gospels said it was mentions Judas' name specifically but another one of the Gospels said it was his disciples, plural. 
And there are often times that they're very critical. Peter especially speaks out of turn. And I wonder if Peter, when he got to stepping out of the boat, if he didn't hear some of them say, Peter, what are you doing? Peter, why are you doing this? Peter, you don't need to do that. Peter, you don't know what's going to be out there. Peter, you know you can't walk on the water. And I wonder if Peter beginning to sink didn't hear those voices again saying, we told you not to get out of the boat. We told you not to go on the water. We told you you couldn't do it. And it's a sad statement, but it is a reality that oftentimes the greatest forms of discouragement come from the people of God. And oftentimes it just sheds light on the reality that they were not the ones to get out of the boat. So rather than getting out of the boat, it's easier to criticize the one who did get out of the boat. I believe that's why they criticized the woman with the alabaster box because they knew that they should be at his feet just like she was. But it was easier to criticize what she might, may or may not have been doing right or wrong than it was for them to admit their guilt and get down at his feet with, the, with her. And if you're not careful, you'll allow others' opinions and others' thoughts. And it may not be folks in the church. It may be friends. It may be family. I don't know who it is. But the Lord said for me to tell you tonight not to worry about what you hear, about what everybody else is saying. We spend way too much of our time and our Christian experience worrying and wondering about what everybody else thinks, what everybody else is. None of that matters. The only thing that matters is we know that it was the Lord that told us to come to Him and to draw nigh to Him. And He said if we'd do that, He would in turn draw nigh to us. And if you're not careful, the things you hear and the things you feel and the things you see will cause you to feel like you're sinking. All while, and I'm not preaching tonight about living any old way you want to and living out in the world and doing anything you want to do and living any old way, but I'm talking about here's a man who has obeyed the Lord at every command, at least in this record. He's not perfect, but he has done everything the Lord told him to do, and he is trying his best to go in the Lord's direction to get closer to Him, and yet he has this experience where he begins to sink. But I have good news for you tonight if you're doing all you know to do. And going in the direction He told you to go and the affairs of this life and the worries and the cares of this life and the things you see and the things you feel and the doubts you hear and the others and their voices and all the things that go on in this world. If it causes you to begin to sink, I'm glad there's somebody who's standing ready to reach out His hand and pick you up and put you... The Bible said they walked together back to the boat. I'm glad Peter walked on the water. He walked on it to Jesus and he walked on it with Jesus. And I'm grateful that if there's a desire in you and God's working in you and pulling in you to come toward Him, I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There are going to be those times that you feel the water coming in around you and those times that you feel like you're sinking. But when that hand reaches out to where you are and you walk hand in hand with Him back to the boat and everything's okay and the storm lays down and the wind quits blowing and the waves quit crashing I'm glad that you can have peace when you walk with Him even when we feel 
like we're sinking. We're not perfect and we're not going to be until we get over yonder. And there are going to be plenty of experiences. Plenty of experiences that we feel like we're sinking. But don't let that keep you from stepping out of the boat. Don't let that keep you from walking to Him. Don't let that keep you from drawing nigh to Him, to pushing toward Him. Just know that we are flesh and there are going to be times that we are distracted by what we see and how we feel and what we hear and all the things are going to trouble us and torment us and cause us to feel like we're going under. But thank God there's a refuge. There's a lifeline. and He can pick us up and put us back on the water again. The writer wrote, and I think maybe Brother Tim had mentioned it on Sunday. The writer said, He picks me up, wipes off my sins, sets me on my feet again. He loves me as small as I am. Here's the thing that I can't get my mind wrapped around and neither can you. The Lord knew when Peter asked him if he could come on the water, the Lord knew Peter was going to start to sink. And yet the Lord told him to come anyway. When the Lord began to work in your heart, and I thank the Lord for what He's been doing around our little place of worship. When He began to work in your heart and pull in you to draw nigh to Him, He knew you was going to have some stumbles along the way. He knew there's going to be some long nights. He knew there's going to be some times when what you saw and what you heard and how you failed and any other thing you can think of was going to try to hinder and hamper your progress drawing nigh. He knew all of that before He ever started pulling on you to draw nigh to Him. But He also knew that you wouldn't go under. And He also knew that He'd be there when you needed Him the most. And He'd be there with an arm outstretched to pick you up and set you back up on the water and to walk with you when you couldn't. I don't know how Peter felt. I kind of feel like after all that and all the fear and all the things that were going on in Peter's mind, maybe he lost all strength and he felt weak in the knees and like there was no way that I could walk back. And so the Lord just took His hand and walked with him on the waters that he couldn't walk on by Himself. I'm not here tonight preaching that if you're going to draw nigh to God that the seas of your life are going to lay down. Everything's going to be easy and simple. There are going to be some boisterous wind and some rough waves. But hand in hand with Him, the Maker of the sea, we can walk on the water that we can't walk on by ourselves. And we read about Peter walking on the water, but I'm glad in these days it's still a possibility for every child of God to walk on the water. I'm not talking about physical water, but the spiritual waters of your life, the troubles, the cares, the weights, the fears, the things you see, the things you hear. He can cause you to rise. That's what He did for Peter. Everything that was pulling Peter under, He took hold of him and caused him to rise above it all. There's a family that I've been in meeting with many, many times over the years, and they sing a song. I don't know all the words, don't even know very many of the words, but I know one part. It says, above the storm, the sun still shines. It's the reason for those silver lines. I'm going to tell you tonight, all you may be able to see at this point in your life is the winds and the waves. All you may be able to hear is the voice of doubt and danger and doom and gloom and what others have said. Maybe all you feel inside is fear and failure, and frustration, whatever it is, there's someone standing in the shadows and He can pick you up and put you back on your feet again.
He can make you rise above. He can let you see the sunshine through the dark clouds of your life again. He can cause the wind to cease and the waves to lay down. and He can cause the dark clouds to break up and let the light come through in your life again. He can silence the voices of doubt and despair. He can silence the fears that are inside of you and calm your nerves and calm your frustrations. He can cause you to turn your eyes back on Him again and not worry and fear and focus on all of the other things that don't. He can take care of it all for you tonight. If you need His help, if you feel like you're sinking, He can pick your feet up out of the waters of life. It feels like, I don't know, I'm just preaching my own experience about how Peter must have felt, probably more like quicksand, just pulling him under. But I'm glad for one that can pull you out of the pool. Of the, it seems like the cares of this life pull you down. And the fears and the dreads pull you down. And the frustrations pull you down. And you try to do everything you know to do. And, and you just fall and you fail. And it just pulls you down. But I'm glad I know somebody whose pull up is greater than their pull down. I'm glad He can pick you up out of the fear and out of the frustration and out of all the things that you're going through in your life. And He can put you on top of the water again and He can take your hand. And all them things that you look back on and all them things that pulled you down, all them things made you feel like you were sinking, hand in hand with Him, you can walk across the top of it all. I'm not saying there won't be another time. There will be no doubt in the day if, if the Lord doesn't come back and we face tomorrow and the next day there'll be another time we feel like we're going under again but the same one that picked us up today can pick us up tomorrow and the next day and the next day and all them things you thought you'd never make it over all them things you thought you'd never come through all them waves that were over your head and the wind that blew so hard you couldn't stand you can walk on top of it hand in hand with Him I really felt like tonight maybe there's somebody here in the building, somebody that would be in our presence that you feel like you're sinking. The things of this life are waiting and pulling down on you. And you feel like giving up. Peter, Peter didn't have to, and I thought, Peter didn't have to sit down and pray three or four hours and try to impress the Lord. We've overcomplicated praying in this day. There was no ritualism, no formalism. Peter just said, Lord, save me. And the Lord knew what to do. Sometimes I'm afraid we try to go to God and reason everything out when we just need to say, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, pick me up out of where I am. Lord, I'm going under if you don't help me. And the Bible said immediately, Jesus stretched forth His hand and He took Him. And they walked back to the boat together. And everything was okay. I'm telling you tonight about somebody who can make everything okay in your life. Can fix your problems. Lay down the winds and the seas of your life. Cause you to rise above it all. If you feel tonight like you're sinking, He can help you. Father, I thank You, Lord, tonight for the privilege opportunity that it's been to be able to be in the house of God. I thank you for each individual, Lord, that's been in the house of God and in our presence tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Thank you for your, Lord, direction and guidance for this service. And I know, Lord, that as far as my part was concerned,